Well, hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Harbor Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the Harbor. Welcome to the Harbor Online for this, the first service in June of 2020. Super grateful that you are here and joining us. My name is Brian and I'm a pastor here at Calvary Chapel and I lead the Harbor and just grateful that you're tuning in with us tonight. Obviously, um, it is a wild time right now in our world. Um, We have had over the past three months pretty much things that we haven't experienced before with quarantine and with the coronavirus. And then add on top of that, as we have seen over the past week and a half, um, the events that uh, have transpired after the murder of George Floyd. And then, of course, the conversation that has pretty much taken over all of our social media channels and all of our conversation about uh, the sin of racism. And, um, you know, as I've talked with many people from the harbor, as I've talked with many of you, um, I feel like that a lot of people right now are just feeling just very overwhelmed, feeling very grieved and sad. Um, And honestly, some feeling even confused. How do I move forward? What do we do as we step into this. And so I really believe that tonight what God wants to do is he wants to bring us to a place of clarity and a place of peace. You know, God has called us to be the light of the world and I believe as the Harbor community, God wants to give us clarity tonight in what that looks like for us as a community. And I also believe that God wants to bring us to a place of peace because we can't be the light of the world unless we have the peace that comes from the presence of God. And so I'm praying that those two things are the things that God does tonight. And I wanna just ask that as we begin our time together that you would pray with me. Dear God, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this opportunity to connect as a community and as a family. And God, I am just praying and first off just asking you, um, we we take time to worship you and we take time to say that you are good and that you are glorious, and that you are love. And God, we also just want to ask that your kingdom would come, and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we recognize right now that there is so much brokenness, there is so much sadness, there is so much grief. And so God, we are asking that you would just pour out mercy and grace upon our country, upon our community, upon our world. And we're asking that you would allow us to be light. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So before we dive into the teaching, I wanna take a moment and just share a couple of announcements with you. Uh, first off, uh, Pastor Mark announced this weekend that uh, really co- they, that Calvary Chapel will be kind of announcing their reopening plan uh, this Sunday during, uh, or this weekend during our services. And so uh, we are going to be reopening as long as nothing changes. At some point in June, we'll be announcing the date and kind of the plan um, at that time, Uh, which means that uh, for you and I who are a part of the Harbor community, um, hopefully over the next few weeks, we'll be able to give you details on our plan for reopening. And as we've been saying, I wanna encourage you to stay connected to our We Are The Harbor uh, Instagram uh, page so that you can find all the details there. Um, On Wednesday night, uh, Peyton is actually going to be going live, and we're going to be doing a live worship night on Instagram on Wednesday night, so make sure to tune in for that. That's going to be a really special time. We're really looking forward to doing that. 
In addition to that, immediately after this, as we have been doing, we will be going live on Instagram. So head over to at We Are The Harbor for that. And we're really excited about uh, the possibility of reopening as well as even in this time, continuing to worship and continuing to have community together uh, at the harbor. So uh, we're gonna dive into our teaching and we have been in a series on the book of James and we're at James 5 right now. And here's what's amazing about God's word is that even uh, as I watched these events unfold and the conversation about the sin of racism unfold. I knew that I wanted to speak into it and as that we as a harbor community needed to speak into it. But then as we arrived in James 5, like God's word is already open and speaking to us on this very topic. And so I didn't have to leave our series, but we're gonna find that God's word speaks directly to our situation right from James 5. And if you wanna turn with me and read, uh, it won't, will not be on the screen, but but uh, you can read with me James chapter five, and we're gonna read verses one through six. Here's what it says. It says, come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Super uh, encouraging start. (laughs) Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidenced against you And will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. And so what we see here in James is we see a window opening into God's perspective on the earth and specifically God's perspective on the future of those who oppress others. And we learn through this text that that oppression can be an oppression that is an act of oppression, that actually they are stealing wages and they are doing things that are actively causing uh, those who are vulnerable and those who are, uh, need justice to be oppressed. But, but we also can see in the book of James that that oppression might not be an active oppression, but it might actually be a passive oppression. It says in James 4, 17, just the verse right before, the one who knows what is good to do and does not do it, to him, that is sin. So even in this conversation that we have about race and about racism, it's not just good enough for us to be like, yeah, like I I don't kind of get involved with that, but we need to do the right thing and we need to step into the conversation in the right ways. And so whether it's active or whether it's passive, God is saying that this is not a good thing for us to be a part of a system that is oppressive. And here's what I need us to realize here, because I feel like maybe that there are some people who are watching who are like, Brian, like, like I'm tired of this whole conversation. Like, can we stop having it? Can we just move on to something else? And I need us to realize that we as the harbor, like we're not speaking about this 
and we're not talking about this because like it's the, the woke thing to do or the cool thing to do. It's important because of the timing of what's happening that we speak into this. But the reason that we're speaking into it is because this is something that throughout scripture is central to the heart of God. And from the beginning of the scripture all the way to the end, God values the image of God in every single person, that every single person is valuable. And some people would say, why can't we just stick to preaching the gospel? But what we need to realize is that the gospel actually includes in it racial reconciliation. The most, one of the most famous pictures of the gospel is Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, that individually God saves us and he brings us from death to life. But immediately after that, Ephesians 2, 11 through 22 is a picture of God removing division that happened because of individual races and uniting the, a group of people together, the Jews and the Gentiles, bringing them together into one body of Christ. And so we see that the root of the gospel produces a fruit of reconciliation, of unity, of each one of us treating each other with honor and with dignity and with love. And even if we look at the Old Testament and we look at the history of the people of Israel, we see that there are many times when they were doing a lot of good religious activities, but they were oppressing the poor and God said, I don't like that. In Amos, which was the actual last book that we studied before we uh, went into quarantine in our old Dead Guys series, God said, I hate, I despise your feasts. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And so he's saying your worship services, your religious activities are not pleasing to me. Now, now, does God hate those things? He, he doesn't hate worship services and religious activities, of course. He commanded them to do those things, but he was saying, because you're oppressing the poor, I'm not gonna look upon the things that you're doing with pleasure. And so God doesn't hate our worship services. God doesn't hate when we gather together in worship, but if we are worshiping in here and then taking part in oppression out there, then this worship service in here is just self-seeking and self-pleasing. And what God says in Amos chapter five is he says, here's what I really want. I want justice to roll. Let justice roll down like the waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. The Bible project defines justice as seeking out vulnerable people who are taking advantage of them and helping them. Now, now here's what I wanna say. I wanna speak to all of us right now because honestly, I, I hope and I pray that if you're part of the Harbor community, you agree with everything I just said. And, and I hope that all of us would say, yes, Brian, I agree with this. And maybe even when we read things like the thing that was written in Amos, or we read things and hear things like, man, I, we, we're like, man, I'm against racism. Like, I don't, I don't like racism. I don't want to take part in racism. I, I'm against oppression. I'm against all of these things. But what I, I think I sense from many people is, A, I kind of feel this low-grade sense of, like, condemnation, and I'm not sure what to do. But, but then, like, I don't really know what to do. Like, I, I know that I'm against it, but I don't know what to do next. 
And, and I was praying about it and I really felt like, God, please give me something that's clear. Please give me something that's practical. Please give me something that's helpful. And I believe that God brought me to a passage that I believe is gonna be really helpful for us as we navigate this. And I wanna say that in this moment, I don't speak to you as an expert on the subject of racial reconciliation or even as an expert on racism because obviously look at me, I'm I'm a 31-year-old white boy who watches too many golf videos on Instagram. Like I, I I don't have this knowledge. But what I do have is I'm believing that right now I am standing on the authority of the word of God. And as a pastor and as a minister, I believe that I can preach and speak to you based on what God's word says. And I believe that his word is very clear. It's up on the screen in Isaiah chapter one. He says this, wash yourselves and make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice, correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless and plead the widow's cause. Now, I want you to leave this up for a second, guys, if you will, because I want to highlight some verbs that are in this. I want you to look on the third line down, cease, learn, seek, fourth line down, correct, bring, and plead. And I believe that we can learn from these verbs five ways that we can respond to injustice as we see it. And so the first thing we can do is we can cease. It says, cease doing wicked things. Now to cease means that we would ask God to speak to us and to search our hearts and to look at us and to say, God, show me if there is any prejudice in me. Show me if there is any racism in me. Maybe it's not racism, but maybe it's prejudice against another human being thinking that they are worse or less important. And we can say, God, I wanna repent. Only you can cleanse me, but I am repenting and I'm asking you to cleanse my heart and cleanse my mind and I wanna move forward in a different way. We can even ask God to to just cry out for mercy for our country in this way. So that's the first word that we learn is the word cease. The second word that we see is the word learn. Isaiah says, learn to do good, seek justice. Now, I believe that there is a wonderful grace here for us because if you learn something, you don't know how to do it. If you're seeking something, you haven't found it yet. And so I believe that this is an invitation for us to understand that, man, maybe we don't know everything that there is about justice. And I think that's okay for us to admit that we don't know. I don't know everything. I'm still learning. But for us to say as a community, we're committed to learning. And a huge part of this is empathy. Empathy is defined as me understanding that my perspective is not the only perspective. May I be willing to listen to the perspective of other people. May I be willing to listen to my black brothers and sisters and to the people of color that are in my life and learn what is your experience and to understand that just because I see the world a certain way doesn't mean that's how they see the world or how they experience the world or how they see the church, or how they experience the church. And I know for me, I love to give advice, and I'm quick to give advice, I'm quick to give a response, but may we be people who listen, who say, "Mm, I hear you, instead of saying, hey, I have an idea, who ask a follow-up question instead of planning out what we say. So we learn, that's the next thing. 
The third thing that Isaiah says is he says, correct. He says, correct oppression. And so when we correct, we speak up with our mouth. And when we hear someone say something or when we see someone say something that is unjust or that's racist or that's wrong, that we would be people who would speak up and say, I'm willing to enter into a difficult conversation here in love to guide you and redirect you towards God's heart for people and God's heart for the image of God. The fourth thing is to bring justice to the fatherless. This is where we act and we pray to God and we ask that God would show us individually how we can bring justice. But also we as a church community, man, I'm proud of our church because I believe that there are many ways when we as a church community are bringing justice to the fatherless. And when we are investing into the next generation, and I could tell you more about that later. But as a church community that we would strive to do a better job. And then the last thing is the word plead, that we would plead the cause of the widow. And I looked up the word plead, and I discovered that plead meant contend, to fight for. And I believe that this is a mentality shift for us. And the mentality shift is to say, I'm not looking at this thing as your fight anymore. I'm not looking at this thing as your problem or your issue to deal with anymore. But I'm pleading for it. I'm saying, this is our fight now. This is our problem now. If there's injustice that's happening in the world, then I am looking at it as my responsibility and our responsibility as the body of Christ to step out and to be the light that is in the world. This is, I believe, the heart of God that we would cease by repenting and searching our own hearts and asking God to cleanse us. That we would learn, that we would listen, that we would uh, correct oppression and speak up when we need to, that we would bring justice and that we would plead, that we would say, I'm adopting the mentality that I'm stepping into this as the body of Christ. Now, before we move forward, I have one more thing that I wanna share, but I'm gonna ask Peyton to take a moment here and lead us in worship. And I wanna encourage us that as we are singing this song, that we would let God speak to us and even ask God to search our hearts in this moment and ask him to speak to us as we move forward.
So there's one more really, 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 really important element that we have to consider in this conversation. Because here's the deal, like as we all know, man, racism has deep, deep roots in this country from slavery to segregation and and clearly we're still seeing those things manifested and I think so often it can feel like really overwhelming. And so I think there's one thing that is perhaps the most important thing that I'm going to share and I think that it's so important that as a church community we grasp this as the foundation for our response as we move forward into these days. And it says, as James concludes, if you want to continue to look in James, James chapter 5, verse 13, it says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. The last part of James specifically discusses prayer. And and usually when we go through a book, we kind of teach verse by verse and really look and deep dive. And I'm not going to specifically do that about the subject of prayer that James addresses. I would encourage you to go and meditate on that because there's a lot of richness about even how James talks about prayer and how he encourages us to pray. But I want to look at prayer in general, and prayer is one of the primary ways that you and I connect with God. And I think that it is so important for us in these moments and in these days to understand that we need first and foremost, primarily to seek after God in these moments. That we need to chase after him, but also take a moment and allow him to receive or allow us to receive what he wants to give us. And the best way that I can describe it is like in my own life, you know, as a pastor, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of things on the to-do list. There's a lot of burdens and prayers that I have. And I have to be really careful that I don't let the ministry that I have being a pastor to become my idol. I have to be really careful that first and foremost, I take moments out of my day to seek after God and to receive from God and just to have a relationship with God, him as my father and me as his son, apart from me being a pastor or a husband or a father. And it's so important for us because what the world wants us to do and what they want to pressure us to do in these moments is to take something that is horrible like like racism and that is a sin and that is demonic and for us to start fighting it, but in the process, we lose our own soul. And so we have to operate from a position of being in Christ. When we are saved, we are united to Jesus. And when we are united to Jesus, there is tremendous benefit and blessing that comes from that. Paul says in Ephesians 1-3 that we have every spiritual blessing when we are united to Christ. And so I just want to share three quick thoughts with you about being in Christ in this moment. They're up on the screen. The first one is that in Christ, we are given the most honorable identity. The most honorable identity. God, when he saves us, he wipes away all our sins. But he does more than that. He makes us a new creation. 
but he does more than that. It says in Ephesians 2 that he saved us and then he raised us up and seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms. And so you and I as followers of Jesus, we have the greatest possible position right now, spiritually speaking, that we are seated with Christ, that yes, we are servants of God, but we are also sons and daughters of God, that we are fellow heirs with Christ in the kingdom of God. And so man, for anyone that I'm speaking to right now that has ever experienced racism, whether you're black or whether you're another person of color. And man, for anyone who has ever experienced prejudice or hate of any kind, the greatest thing that I could tell you is not, I stand with you. I do stand with you. The greatest thing that I could tell you is not, I will fight with you and I will fight with you. But those things, me telling you those things, ultimately can't sustain your soul in the long term. The greatest news that any of us could bring is this reality that all of us, every single human being is created in the image of God and that when God saves us, that he raises us up and seats us with him in the heavenly realms and that we actually have the opportunity to have intimacy with God and that we have a high place of honor in the family of God. And as we move forward in the world, each and every Christian must first move forward anchored in that identity that Christ has given us the most honorable identity. In Christ, the second thing is we are strengthened for the long haul. You see, right now, this is the topic that is our world and the conversation is happening. But in five months or in three months, we're gonna have another topic and another conversation and we're gonna get distracted and we're gonna move on to something else. It's easy right now to have the conversation. It's easy right now to care about justice. But as we are in Christ, we get to closer to the heart of God and we start to realize that justice and mercy are so close to the heart of God. And that is what is gonna give us the commitment as a church, as a ministry, as a community to say, we're committed to this for the long haul. That we wanna be in 10 years, God forbid if some other horrible event happens in 10 years, I pray that the church of Jesus Christ across the world, across the country is the example that everyone else is looking to, to be like, wow, they are united. They honor and value every single race and every single person. And I'm praying that that happens right now. And I'm praying that we have to be in Christ to be strengthened for the long haul. And then the last thing is this, that in Christ, our activism has an anchor. And before we move out into the world, we have to receive intimacy with God. Before we can bring the love of God to the world, we have to receive the love of God for ourselves. Because you're only gonna reproduce in your environment who you are. And so if you're responding out of a place of anger and hatred and bitterness, then that's what you're gonna reproduce. But as we receive in Christ, we can respond out of love and we can respond out of compassion and we can respond out of mercy. And so me saying that we have to be in Christ is not me saying we have to ignore the problems of the world, but it's saying that we have to first be deeply rooted in who God is and in his heart for the world as we move out into it. And so as we close out and as we finish this service, I'm going to ask Peyton to lead us in one more song. And my prayer is that you and I would get deep down in our souls 
the reality that you and I, we can't wait for the world to get its stuff together and for our circumstances to perfectly align before we pursue intimacy with Christ. Pursuing intimacy with Christ is not something that we can wait until everything is perfect. We have to continue to pursue intimacy with Christ in the storm. And in the storm, oftentimes we find a deeper walk with Jesus, a deeper touch from God. And as we discover that, that gives us the anchor, not only to move forward in the storm by ourselves, but it gives us the anchor to operate with love and with compassion in the world around us. So I'm gonna ask Peyton to lead us in one more song. And after that, we're gonna have a closing time of prayer.
So as we close out uh, the service tonight, it was on my heart to just have a time of prayer. And I've asked two of my good friends, Isaiah and Judith, to come up here and say a prayer just over everything that's going on and over our country. And um, just so you're aware, we all we are going to be passing this mic back and forth, but we all washed our hands before. We're going to all wash our hands afterwards. Just want you to be at ease. But uh, here's Isaiah and then Judith will close out the time of prayer. God, uh, just thank you for bringing us here together um, for this time of worship and this time to just uh, connect back to you, Father. God, um, you know our hearts are are broken at this time for the what has happened in our country and all of the injustices that we have seen and all of our brothers and sisters that are mourning. Um, I pray that we're able to just mourn with those who mourn, God, and just um, just have empathy, like Brian was saying, just just to, even if we don't understand everything that's going on, just to, to communicate with others and get that perspective, God. And I pray that that we don't see the world without color, but that we see the beautiful creation that you have, for, have created, God, and that we would have unity amidst our differences and unity amidst everything that, that we, maybe our culture is different, maybe things are different about us, but that we would, in the body of Christ, just to be unified as one, Father, because we are one. God, I pray that um, we're just able to seek justice, just just seek justice and truth. And your whole your whole word, Father, is about justice and truth and love. And I pray that as we go out into our community and into our space and to the spaces that we go to, I pray that we're able to be beacons of that. And I just pray that um, um, we're able to take the next practical steps to to get past these times and just continue to rectify um, these racial hurts and other um, other hurts that we're going through. And above all, uh, I pray that we're just able to connect with you, God. Let us not forget to just to be in our be in our Bibles and just f- serve you and do those things. Let us not get bogged down by everything, but continue to to keep you first and just listen to your will. Yes, Lord. We just we just thank you for hearing us and seeing us and knowing us better than anyone else can know us, Father. We thank you, Father God, that you are a God of love and peace. You are a God of mercy and grace, and you are a God of justice. Lord, we thank you that Though we are hurting right now, this country is hurting right now, our hearts are hurting right now, Lord, we, we know that you, your hand is, is on everything, Father, and that you are in control of everything, and that we do not have to fear, and there is no condemnation, Father, in, in everything that you do, Lord, we, we are, no, there is no condemnation in you because we, we know you and we belong to you, Christ, and we ask, Father God, that you just humble our hearts. We ask that you just allow us to just 
submit to you so that you can search our hearts, Father God. Search our hearts and, and see if there is anything that offends you, Lord, in our hearts, Father. And we ask that you just lead us just in, in your path, Father, so that every single thought that we have, every single conversation that we have may be filled with grace and mercy, Lord. Give us perspective so that we see others the way that you see them, Father God, so that we are not just confined to the echo chamber that is that is our own community, that is our own um, experiences, Lord, but we get that, that we are, that we, you give us boldness, God, to just reach out to people and try to give, just find understanding for others, Lord. Lord, give us mercy. We need, we need your mercy, Father God. We just ask, Lord, that you just bring unity to your church, unity to your people, Lord, and just help us to love the world, Father, because that is what you called us to do. You have called us to love, Father God. So in every single conversation that we have, Father, we ask that you just pour your grace upon it, Father. Give us understanding for others, Lord. Give us just... Bring hope to our hearts, Father God. You are our hope, Lord. And as we continue to just take our marching orders from you, Lord, not what the world says we should do, Father, not what social media says we should do, Lord, but from you, Father God, let us be bold and step out in the way that you are asking us to step out, Father God. Remove all fear from our hearts, Lord, and remove just everything that might just blind us from from just everything that's going on lord we thank you and we love you and we thank you that you are leading us in everything that we do in your name jesus we pray i want to thank you so much for joining us at the harbor tonight and i do want to say that i'm so proud of even the way that our harbor community is responding and desiring to lean into these topics and into this situation and even on social media i've been so proud to see many of you stepping out and desiring to be a voice for uh, hope and a voice for life. I want to encourage us, let's keep on remembering those five verbs as we step into this time. And uh, right now, head over to Instagram Live at We Are The Harbor, and uh, we're going to continue with the time of community over there. We love you. God bless you. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Harbor, please follow us on Instagram at We Are The Harbor. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.